ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of The Intelligent Moron with Alex Silva. I don't know about you guys, but I've had a pretty, pretty, incredibly awful day. I hope you are having a much better day than I am. And just to be clear, I am not angry. I'm not angry at anybody, but I feel like I'm able to, or I'm allowed to vent a little bit about how bad my day was. You know, when you have a bad day, and you can tell it's going to be bad because the night before is bad, like really bad, yesterday, last night actually, you know, it's bedtime, time to go to bed, um... And I go to bed, I'm ready to go to sleep, I I know that I have to be up early in the morning, and, you know, and as I'm laying there, I realize that it's getting warm in my room, like, kind of like, you know, uncomfortably warm, and I'm like, okay, well, I guess I better, you know, take off this blanket, hopefully I'm able to fall asleep. I usually go to bed like around 9 p.m. 9 p.m. and wake up, you know, around like 4.30, you know. And I am like, okay, 9 9 is like a good, you know, time to go to bed. And as I'm laying in bed, I realize I can't fall asleep because it's so warm. And, you know, because it is warm and because I'm wide awake, because it's so hot, you know, I'm actually sweating in my bed. Right, it's not good. It's not a pretty sight. It's not something that anybody wants to see or feel. I don't know about you guys, but if you ever have to try to go to sleep in a warm, warm environment, it's not very pleasant. You can't relax. Your mind can't shut off. You're so concerned about you being hot that your brain cannot turn off and go to sleep. So I'm tossing and turning, trying to get to the colder side of the bed, switching from left to right, flipping my pillows, switching out pillows, changing positions, only ma- finding that this is making me even hotter as the night continues. And, you know, since I'm wide awake, I check my phone on the regular. Because if you're wide awake and, you know, you might as well check it to see what time it is. You know, if you're if you're like me, you check and you want to see how much precious time that you've lost. Meaning, how much less time do I have to sleep before I need to be up in the morning? Well, that continued and by and that that made even the night trying to fall asleep even worse. You know, it went from nine thirty, ten fifteen. 10.45, and I'm like, I'm still awake. I still can't fall asleep. And then I, you know, finally check it for the final time before I actually fall asleep. It's 11.39. I got to be up by, like I said, 4.30, 4.45, if I push it. And I'm pissed off. I, I've never been more pissed. I'm uncomfortable. Like I said, I'm sweaty. I'm disgusting. I can't get cool. 
and I don't know what to do. I'm debating whether I, I have to either move out of my room, open the door, or just maybe take some um, Benadryl just to fall asleep. Now, two, like more like three things. You know, every single one of those things has a, um, a trade-off. You know, one, I get up and I move. There's still people up. I can't just fall asleep in the living room and be like, hey, get the fuck out. I have to go to bed. That ain't gonna happen. Number two, I can't just... I, I, I can't just open the door because, like I said, there are other people here and I cannot at the place that I live, and I cannot just leave my door open and just be, you know, hearing the outside world live and be awake while I'm trying to sleep. And that's just not going to happen. And Benadryl was out of the option, too, because I don't trust myself to drug myself and wake up on time. I'm not the person to use substances to make myself go to sleep. I tend to fall asleep naturally. And the fact that if I use a substance like Benadryl, melatonin, stuff like that, I might not wake up on time. You know, the drug might be so strong for my dainty body that I cannot wake up from its hold on me. It's always been something that I I've kind of wanted to try. Like I've wanted to try melatonin just because I've heard that people say that it works. I know people in my family that say it works and that it, you know you sleep pretty well. But knowing myself, I like my sleep. I enjoy sleeping. It's one of my favorite things to do. I don't trust myself to wake up when I'm supposed to while I am drugged, that just might not happen. You know, when I go to the dentist or when I've been to the doctor and I've had surgery and I've had to be under the influence of, you know, whatever they use on me, it takes quite a while for the people who are operating to finally wake me up so I can be moved. Imagine that Imagine me trying to do that to myself. It's probably not going to happen. I'm probably just not going to wake up. So I've come to the conclusion why, where I probably should never, ever drug myself again. Now, I'm not saying I have, but like just never do it. You know, in a way, in a way to keep myself asleep. You know, I just would never, ever try that. You know, it's something that I, I can't gamble with, especially if I got to be up in the morning. Maybe if I, maybe, maybe if it's like a weekend where I could, you know, just like go crash out and just, you know, sleep in, maybe I'll try it then. But if I have to be up in the morning early and I, you know, and I, I'm not trying to, you know, gamble and, and try to really, um, chance it with uh, my ability to wake myself up from being under the influence. I I don't trust myself. Some people do. 
I think. I know that some people in my family have used melatonin quite a bit when they go to sleep. It's like their like their routine, and I guess they they kind of adapt to it. They have like a tolerance, or they now have a um an, a way for them to wake up, you know, so they don't panic, they don't oversleep, and they don't overstay their welcome in their bed. Whereas I, like I said, never tried it, so I'm nervous about it. I don't want to know the effects. I don't really want to have that kind lose that type of control over my natural state of my body. You know, I don't want to have to take something and make me fall asleep. I feel like that's kind of like scary. You know, I know I know people do it all the time. I know that that you know when you take Tylenol, right? You're if you're sick, right? If you have a fever and you take Tylenol, it doesn't necessarily take away your fever. It takes away, well, I guess it takes away your fever, but it doesn't really, like, make it go away. It just kind of, you know, makes you cool a little bit. And when you have, like, aches and pains, it doesn't cure your aches and pains. It just, like, kind of stops that part of the brain from you feeling that type of soreness or achiness. Now, I'm no doctor, but why does it come back after it wears off, you know? If it actually heals your achiness and your pains, wouldn't it be healed like and never come back? So that's what I think, and I'm pretty sure that's what I've heard. But again, I'm no medical doctor, so I can't really, you know, say shit like this with a confident attitude that I'm that I'm preaching that I, that I know what I'm talking about. I don't know 100% what I'm talking about, but in my experience of taking Tylenol and ibuprofen when I am sick with body aches, they do go away for like that six hour period, but then they come back. I mean, come on. It it doesn't, it's not like, it doesn't take a genius to know how that shit works, right? Imagine that, you know, that's why, you know, I, I've, um, always, you know, tried to defeat sicknesses, um, with all the drugs that I can get. NyQuil, Theraflu, Tylenol, Ibuprofen, and that's when I'm sick. But I'm not usually sick all the time. But when I am, I'm going to hit that shit with everything that I got, you know, to make me at least be more comfortable when I um when I am sick. Like for instance, when I had coronavirus, well, like last year, I didn't feel good for like two days. Like I felt terrible for two days. And I threw everything at that bitch for two days. And even more so after. I mean, I took Theraflu, Ibuprofen, uh, Vitamin D, Vitamin E, Zinc. I was drinking electrolytes like emergencies plenty of water, and liquid IVs, and chicken soup, right, I was trying to do everything that I could to make sure that I did not feel terrible, you know, and, it, and you know, most of the time it worked, someday, the first day, I think, like, the very first day that I had it, nothing really worked, it was like I was, you know, 
trying to shoot down Godzilla. You know, nothing happened. It just wouldn't budge. But after like the very first day, still felt kind of shitty. But I definitely felt like the the medication I was taking had more of an effect. I was like, okay, thank God. This thing ain't like super, you know, immune to modern day medicine. Could you imagine if it wasn't? Damn, imagine if like nothing, we didn't have any medication, remedies, shit like that. That would be insane. Like imagine like back in the day. You know, let's talk about like Roman times, medieval night times. What the hell were their remedies? Probably chicken soup, probably some kind of berry, or maybe some kind of herb, or maybe like a, uh, they would like uh, light incense and like sprinkle it all over the, the room to make you know, the sickness go away. I'm not even sure if, like, incense is, like, for sickness. I thought it was always for, like, fending off evil spirits and shit like that. But maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I, maybe I'm, I'm not sure on that. But, like, back then, you didn't have Tylenol. You didn't have ibuprofen. You didn't have NyQuil. You just probably just had, like, a blanket and a freaking a towel, a little like a washcloth with like water to like help reduce your fever. Really, that's not doing shit. Like, God damn. That would have been, I mean, back then, you got a paper cut, you probably had to cut off the finger if it was that bad. If you didn't treat that shit, if it was just like, it got infected like so quickly, you couldn't do nothing about it, that'd be pretty awful. I'd be like, oh shit, I'm ruined. I can't go on. Put me down, please. Shit. Um, but yeah, crazy. Yeah, that all kind of spun off me having a bad day. I'm feeling pretty good now. I'll be honest. I am kind of tired, naturally, because it's such a poor time trying to fall asleep. But, you know, I bought some coffee, you know. So I And I use a K-cup machine, a Keurig machine, and... But anyways, yeah, it's a new coffee that I've never tried before. It's called Donut Shop Coffee, and then it's plus um, caramel and, I believe, hazelnut. So it's a little pod that I put in my machine. You know, I'm like, you know, I'm kind of feeling a little sleepy. I'm going to go with some coffee, and I'll try this out. So I put in my K-Cup machine. And I put that shit, you know, it's the biggest amount I can get. And immediately it smells delicious. It smells like sweet with coffee and nutty and caramelly. And I'm like, oh shit, this shit smells like sweet as shit. Am I going to need any sugar? And then I take a sip. And I don't really get any of those smells translated to flavor in that coffee. Which is bizarre. Isn't that bizarre? I feel like like some of that should transfer into the taste of the coffee. Right? Because the coffee smelled sweet. And almost like, like a holiday type of coffee. But when I sipped it, it didn't taste like that at all. It tasted just like black coffee. But then I added some sugar and then it kind of brought out the flavors. And I'm like, okay, now I... Now I can kind of taste it. But isn't that weird? 
how coffee in a way, depending on what kind of brew you get, you know, could taste that you would think that it wouldn't need creamer or sugar or even sweetener, but it does. I'm not sure what it is all about, but, you know, I, I, I mean, maybe it's just like something that's infused in the coffee that makes it taste that way. Maybe something like that. I don't know. That makes it kind of give it off some kind of aroma. But when you drink it, it doesn't really taste like that at all. I don't know. But but it was pretty good, though. You know, I usually buy the Kirkland brand, but uh, we're kind of running out of those. And I kind of wanted to try something new. You know, I was suggested, like, hey, why don't you go get some coffee? I'm like, all right. I'll get some coffee, and I was like feeling like, hey, I'm kind of sleepy, two and two together, it'll pick me right up, and tried it pretty good, add some sugar, it's pretty good, like I've said in the past, I'm I'm a black coffee drinker, but not 100% black, I don't fully drink it without sugar, I don't think I'm there yet, my natural coffee drinking um, uh, progression is not quite there yet. Maybe I will be in a couple years, but at the moment, no creamer. But there is sometimes I try to indulge and get some creamer. Like if it's, if it's on the weekend, and I can sleep in and I can chill out. You know, I'll put some like some creamer in there if I'm feeling a little jolly. If I'm feeling a little like, oh, I'm gonna treat myself. I'm, I'll put a little bit of creamer in this coffee, just so because I I'm I'm feeling them weekend vibes. You know, I enjoy that. That's something that I think that. I can indulge in every once in a while and be like, you know what? I'm not breaking the bank. I'm not going off the rails. I'm all right. You know, I'm cool. Speaking of which, uh, Easter has passed. He is risen. Is it he is risen or he has risen? I'm talking about Jesus Christ. I don't know. I'm not too sure about that. But anyway, he is slash has risen which means lent is over now i'm able to drink soda pop soda and eat candy at my own um at my own will and i even i haven't had that much of either i'll be honest i've had maybe about few pieces of candy here and there a couple like few like Every couple hours, and they're like little pieces, little bite-sized candies like Milky Ways and Three Musketeers, like really little tiny ones that you can probably get on Halloween or shit like that. Nothing too, like, you know, um, crazy. I haven't, like, really, like, gone insane at the moment, and I don't feel like I will. Like, I think, like, me not having candy... For 40 days and 40 nights, you know, just like Christ did back in the day, has kind of like waned me off of candy in a way. Because I thought that I would have much more of a craving and like a much more like ferocious like intake once it hit midnight on Easter. But it hasn't really done that. You know, I've, again, I've had some candy. I've had a good amount of candy and some sodas, but I'm like, I don't feel like I need it anymore. Like, I feel like I'm not as, like, 
you know, I was dependent on it, but I feel like I, I don't really crave it as much as I used to before Lent. Is that good, though? Isn't that the goal of Lent? Is that something that, you know, that makes me feel like it was worth it? In my eyes, I think it was worth it. I think it was absolutely worth it. You know, I've never given up two things simultaneously in one Lent season. This will be the first. I've given up soda in the past. I've given up beer in the past, but never a one-two punch like soda and candy. That was something that I was like, am I am I really going to do this? Like am am I am I capable of doing this? And then I thought to myself, you know, Christ was out in a desert for 40 days and 40 nights or so what the stories tell us. And that bitch didn't bitch. Like he was like, all right, I'm going to do this to prove to y'all that I'm real. And according to the stories in the book, it was true. Not to say that the stories are completely true or false, but hey, you know, strive for greatness, right? Just like LeBron James, if he's your role model, you know. Speaking of LeBron, does he even say that still? Does he still say strive for greatness? You know, the Lakers right now, at the moment of this recording, I'm recording it uh, earlier than expected due to scheduling. Um, they're going to be playing in the in the playing game. Now, when this airs, this is already going to be, you know, old news. But that's kind of, like, interesting because the Lakers are, you know, one of the worst teams in the NBA. Not the worst, worst, but definitely not, like, a great team. But look at the fall from grace that this team had. You know, they won the championship in the COVID year, which I'll be honest now. I don't know if I could actually um, count that as a championship, legitimate championship run. I don't think that I can. And here's why. They have never, like... Um, I, I, I would say that that whole year and um, when they were in Orlando playing at Disney... And just kind of like sharing the park like for their own, um, you know, to keep the season alive. You know, the the players, the, the organization, the camera crews, the security and all that there. That wasn't a whole, like that much of a, you know, sports struggle as the other sports were during that same season, if you think about it. Because the whole thing was like in a bubble. You pretty much just were hanging at Disney World the entire day. You worked out. You walked to the little arena. You played your game. You walked back to the hotel. And that was it. There was no travel. There was no fans chirping. It was all in this, like, like I said, bubble. You were all shielded, you know, by fans and hatred. You kind of get heckled. Everybody was just like, hey, we're, we're, we're just having fun. We're playing safe. You know, we're uh, we're, play we're doing our part to try to stop the spread. 
Let's do it in a bubble. Why not, huh? Yeah, let's do it in a bubble. Which, I mean, at the at the point in time, I was actually kind of happy that they did it. For one, my own sake, my own, my own, like, entertainment, I needed sports. I was dying of sports. And I know that, you know, there was no fans there. But if you watch it, when you watch it on TV, it's kind of the same thing. But you know that it's not in your heart. It's not the same thing. When you watch on TV, it's like, you know, it's kind of there. They kind of, they pump in crowd noise. They, you know, there's still like emotion, but it's not truly like real. You know what I'm saying? So like, they took that team that was in the bubble and won a championship. And then after that, have never been nearly as good. Which is kind of weird because if you think about it well who was on that team in in 2020 2020 uh yeah 2020 LeBron James Anthony Davis who else was on that I can't even remember Kyle Kuzma I believe and Andrew Caruso or Alex Caruso my bad um and that I mean I, I can't remember who else was on that team I'm drawing a blank and I know I shouldn't be but you can just kind of tell that, you know, ever since then, they haven't even been, they haven't even, like, gotten close to that. You know, after that, it's been, like, the Suns have been pretty good, the Bucks have been good, the Nets were kind of, sort of good, and I think the year after, the one year after that, I think. Um, but after that, it's like, they, they just kind of fell off the face of the earth. They were not even close to being that good. What what was it? Was it because they were so comfortable in that bubble that it was like, I mean, anyone could have won that? I mean, shit, the Miami Heat were facing them in the finals. The Miami Heat. Right now, they're in the playing game. Now, I mean, like, granted, like, the team is a little bit different. You know, even though I believe they still have Butler, Adebayo, Hero, uh trying to think if anyone like like super important is still or not still but has left that I'm pretty sure the, the the core is still pretty much intact but nowhere nowhere as good as they were back in 2020 you know it was just so easy back then it was so easy I mean you just play your game and go to your hotel and sleep no traveling no driving no nothing like that you know and maybe Maybe that's really what tires these NBA players out, is the traveling. I mean, you know, yeah, sure, like, you can play. Basketball is a is a tough sport to play. Takes a lot of energy to run up and down a court like that. But I would assume that, the like, the lack of, like, rest when it comes to traveling is also kind of going to take a toll on someone's health, especially, like, the, like a professional athlete's health. You know, are they game ready? Are they ready? Are they, are they going to be ready to play? You know, traveling for sure. You know, planes, delays, jet lag, all kind of comes into factor of, you know, the readiness of an athlete. You know, you completely strip that away and you can probably play like two games a day. Okay, probably not, but you can definitely play back to back, you know. And, you know, football, when the COVID year happened, it was not as luxurious 
as the NBA was. You know, they still had to play, had to travel. They had to flex some games. They had to flex some stadiums. You know, players couldn't play because they got sick and shit. I mean, it's a lot easier to do an NBA bubble than an NFL bubble. So much easier. Less people, less players. It's so much easier. Beyond easier. And then the players in the NFL, they were traveling like it was a regular season. You know, I, I kind of do count the NFL, NFL's, you know, season legitimate because the players still kind of had to travel and get that actual real game, you know, vibe, the real game experience. Even though the fans weren't there for for a majority of the season, they kind of were let back in towards the end. They had people, actual fans at the Super Bowl, I believe. But, you know, that travel, man. It's got to be that. That's got to be the thing that really makes it hard as an athlete. And when you have like an aging LeBron James on the Los Angeles Lakers and you're like, okay, LeBron, you don't got to go anywhere. You just got to stay in Orlando, Florida at Disney World and play basketball. He's like, sure, this is going to be easy as shit. And I'll win the championship right here, right now. Also, you got you to gotta remember... Some a lot of the teams or quite a few teams during that NBA season opted out because of COVID 19. Bitches, but that's what happened. And you know, if the Warriors were in, maybe they would have been like, uh uh-uh. uh, we're gonna we're gonna play so much better than you. We're gonna beat your ass. That could have been a thing. That could have been a possibility. But I I'll, I'll never forget that. That time when the NBA was like, you know what, we're gonna we gotta do a bubble. We gotta have a season. As much as I want to say it was illegitimate championship by the Lakers, it still provided entertainment, which I appreciate. Thank you, NBA. And hopefully, you know, this year the NBA playoffs are back to where, you know, as you know, as great TV as they've ever been. I, ha- I kind of haven't been really paying attention to the NBA as of late, be- just because the regular season, I think, is is not as good as the playoffs. But now that the playoffs are, you know, in full swing now, I'll, I'll definitely be keeping my eye on this shit. I'm moving on to, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, my relate, not, not my, my relationship, but my my opinions on the new shit that was announced at a Star Wars celebration, which I didn't even know was really happening. Like when it, when I was seeing stuff being posted and shared and people tweeting and posting on Instagram that it's happening now, I'm like, holy fuck, I didn't even know it was happening. I guess that's what happens when you grow up slash uh, you have responsibilities. You know, that shit just kind of, like, appears out of nowhere, and you're like, oh, that's happening. Oh, very cool. Well, let's see what you're going to show me. Um, so, I wanted to talk a little bit about the things that was that is has been announced and that's coming out very soon in the world of Star Wars. And if you don't know, I've had a pretty broken relationship with the franchise and with the IP itself. I invested so much of my energy and my time into the new sequel trilogy as it was coming out, 
only to be absolutely burned by the finale of the sequel trilogy with the release of The Rise of Skywalker in 2019 that I have pretty much been so sour on the franchise. You know, I like Mandalorian. I like Rebels. I like Clone Wars. Um, Boba Fett was decent. Obi-Wan was disappointing. And, you know, Mandalorian this season, to me, having only seen six episodes because I'm recording early, so I don't know what has happened in the most recent episode. However, um, the show has been kind of mid. I'll be very, very honest. I've been a champion of Mandalorian in its um, simplistic storytelling, yet full-on Star Wars immersion. I've been very, you know, on very much on the side of the Mandalorian is good. The Mandalorian is what I like about Star Wars, which is still true to even to the season. However, the lack of um, story that that we are supposedly supposed to be building up to, the lack of that is kind of making me not really tuned into it, not wanting to keep up with it, not really having uh, the itch to watch every single episode as it airs. The hype just isn't there right now. And that could be because the story so far in Season 3 has not been up to speed with in terms of the overall story of the characters and who is involved in this in this uh, this current season for instance and i know i was going to talk about what was announced but this kind of got pushed to the front but i'll get to that don't worry season 2 we had the story arc of we got to get grogu right baby yoda to the jedi order for him to be become a jedi you know because he has the force and shit we need to get him to a jedi so he can be trained along that journey and this is going to be a spoilers of season 2 we meet ahsoka and we meet Boba Fett, and we meet, at the end, Luke Skywalker. You know, all these different characters. On the journey of Grogu, you know, find, you know, going to become, or to be at least, you know, back with his kind, because, you know, he's uh, a Jedi and all, or was, you know... Uh, <laughs> He has the force and can, you know, when you when you have the force, you need to be become a Jedi. That's the rules of Star Wars, apparently. And that whole journey was so like, uh, yes, we got to keep going. We found Ahsoka, but she's not the one. So who's next? Who are we going to go next? Who's going to be the Jedi to um, swoop up Grogu and be like, you're going to be a Jedi and I'm going to teach you. Well, hello, Luke Skywalker shows up and is like, I'm going to take the kid off your hands, and I will train him to become a Jedi. And it's like, oh, fuck, that's sick. That's awesome. That's like, and then it was like, boom, uh, Grogu's journey at that point in time 
was pretty much complete, you know? So we had resolution, Moff Gideon gets arrested and captured. It all kind of, you know, in a way, ended. Now, stuff that happened in Book of Boba Fett, wait a minute, just kidding, Grogu's back. Okay, cool. Get some pretty badass Mandalorian episodes in that show. Couple cool Luke Skywalker and Ahsoka moments. Boba Fett was in it from the beginning. Wasn't in it as much in the middle. In the end, he comes back to a, I think, a little bit of a lackluster finale. And then now, Grogu is back. We need to find... Um, we, we need to bring back Mandalore. You know, that's uh, the Mandalorian and Bo-Katan story arc. But it doesn't really appear a whole lot in the season. It's like here and there in a couple episodes. The last one kind of had more of it. But then they also sidetracked and do did, you know, a little side quest. Which has been a, a thing in the Mandalorian since it's in Inception. Since it's in its first episode in November of 2019, has been its kind of staple of every episode is like a side quest or a one-off adventure. But I think that the story at the moment, you know, of you know reclaiming Mandalore, is so weak and so mid, and it just isn't there. There's nothing really that I want to you know, invest my time because they don't really show, you know, like what's at stake. We keep hearing that the Empire is still a threat. These other Mandalorians are kind of a threat. You know, who who's the rightful heir to the Darksaber, which is, which is, you know, revealed, in my opinion, kind of weak, I'll be honest. But, it there hasn't really been a whole lot of like captivating enough moments for me to be like, oh shit, this is a crazy season. This is awesome. This is incredible TV. You know, it doesn't really have that for me. And I think that's because season two relied on the cameos like Boba Fett, Ahsoka, uh, Luke Skywalker. Here we've had none. And the story's okay, but let's be honest, that season two's uh, success was because of the cameos that they had going on the same adventure and helping out our friends get little Grogu to Luke Skywalker, which being another cameo. There's been none of that really so far in this this season, and it just feels like it's all just a big season of one-offs that don't really have a strong enough connective story for me to for people to want to continue. I mean, I've seen articles and I've read that people have actually dropped off in viewership, which is not good. It's not good. You know, you want that the big money maker for a period of time was Mandalorian. And now, I mean, if people are dropping out, shoot, man, what's going to happen now? Like these last two episodes, man, they got to be bangers. If not, I, I don't know how this can continue. I'll be honest. Anyways, that's just kind of like my thoughts on Mandalorian Season 3 at the moment. It's kind of mid. 
honestly. I don't like saying that word a lot. I feel like it's used a little too much. I feel like when it was, um, when it, in its creation, it was cool. It was okay. And then, since then, mid, for me, is kind of, it's kind of mid. Using mid is kind of mid. Um, but I still like, I still like enjoy, like, the episodes. They're still, like, pretty fun episodes. I just don't really feel like the urge to tune into Mandalorian when it, when it airs, like I used to, or even like Boba Fett when it came out, I was like there day one, I'm like, hey, let's watch this shit, Obi-Wan even too, like I I kept wanting that show to be good, I was just heavily, heavily disappointed with that show, anyways, I'm moving on to the stuff that they showed at Star Wars Celebration, which again, I did not know what was happening until I already saw shit, like trailers and announcements and shit, so a couple of things that have been that, that some of the bigger things that were announced at Star Wars Celebration, which in my you know opinion is actually a good sign, is movies. Movies were announced with directors, um, ideas and premises of these movies were also kind of showcased. At Star Wars Celebration. Which, you know, <laughs> we've been there before. We've seen this happen. We've been um, given announcements like this before. The question is, are they going to stick? Are these creators and directors going to stick around and actually get their projects made? But before we really get into that, what are they making? Well, we know, for one, that we have three new filmmakers coming to the scene. Three new filmmakers that are um, going to be taking on the role, well, not on the role, but like, um, that are going to be directing films in the Star Wars universe. Um, of course, we have uh, James Mangold directing a film. We also have uh, Dave Filoni uh, directing a uh, a film, and a new one that I've never heard of, Charmaine Obaide uh, Obaide Chinoy Obaide Chinoy um, directing a film as well for Star Wars. A couple of premises have been announced. Um, I believe that. Uh, Charmin is directing a film about uh, Ray Skywalker. Dave Filoni is directing like a a feature film about the Mandoverse, which which is like the Mandalorian universe, like with a show but a film. And then James Mangold is directing a film about. The first Jedi, and the for the first like discovery of like the Force and like the first the like the very first Jedi and like the birth of like the Jedi Order. Um, that one to me is the most interesting because it was described as like a biblical epic, which I I always kind of thought that could be done. 
in the Star Wars universe with the Jedi. Because even like in the prequels, like the Jedi were like dressed like monks or like priests type of people. They were all about the peace. And then you saw shit like like how like the temple looked. And even in like modern day Star Wars, you see like other things like games and TV shows of like, and even movies like if you remember Rogue One, the planet of Jeddah had like a giant statue of like a Jedi and like games like Fallen Order had like architecture of like Jedi, ancient Jedi, like clearly these guys have been around for like a long, long time, right? Longer than like the old Republic. It's like, holy shit. Like what was like the, the creation of this order or of this, the forces creation, you know, and it being described as a biblical epic to me is pretty badass. Like, I feel like Star Wars, the Star Wars universe has a lot of mythology in it that isn't tapped into. A lot of, like, lore and mythology that kind of is, like, you know, referenced. It's a little on the surface, but I think if you can get someone like a James Mangle to make, like, a pretty awesome, like, really, you know, epic type of film where you can kind of flesh all that stuff out and make it, like really like really cool i mean i think that's pretty sick i'll be honest um that's like my most anticipated that one seems like it'll you know it, it could like like maybe kickstart like a new like even like a new franchise of like films like what if we went all the way back to the very beginning and got this like biblical epic type film that kind of spawns like a a, a new story, a new saga, a trilogy, whatever, that could be something that's newer. Newer, obviously super ancient, but like newer to us as fans. That's something that that'd be, that would be pretty cool. The Dave Filoni one about um, uh, the Mando universe would be sick. I, I've heard that that's supposed to be like the conclusion of Mandalorian and Grogu's friendship you know, and all that, so, it ending in, like, a movie would be, you know, pretty sick, I've always thought that Dave Filoni has been, like, one of the pioneers, or not pioneer, but one of the pinnacles of Star Wars, even to this day, like, whenever you watch something that has Dave Filoni, and even Jon Favreau attached to it, that's Star Wars, like, you can just feel like there's, like, that magic that's there, even, even in, you know, Mando, Season three, you can tell that even like the the way the episodes are structured and the performances and like just the themes like it's there for sure. Like he's he's got it hands down. There's just no really like overarching story in this season that I think is, you know, getting me to come back right when it drops, you know. And then the Ray Skywalker movie that to me is interesting. Now, I'm not going to hate on it yet because I haven't seen it. I need to give it a chance. I have to. If not, I'm no good. I'm trash. I'm shit. You know, what good is my opinion if I don't give it a shot? And I, I can understand why people are already pissed off about this. You know, Ray 
wasn't written well as a character in the sequel trilogy. She wasn't written that well. Daisy Ridley was duped. Wasn't given, in my opinion, a very good story to act in. She was good in it, but she wasn't given anything good. All the guys and gals that wrote that part wasn't good. Wasn't good. Because they didn't know what they were doing. If there is a, you know, a structured story for like Ray Skywalker to return, that's pretty badass. I'm going to give it a shot. I have to give it a shot. I know that people are sour on it. I understand. But I believe that that we should be giving people a chance to show us what they have. That that needs to be addressed. It's not fair if you just, you know, play it off as shit even and you haven't even seen it. Don't even know what it's going to be really about. You know, it's described as a formation of the new order of Jedi. Which I always kind of thought that was going to be the sequel trilogies. Kind of like a uh, a thing in the sequel trilogies, but it wasn't. However, if this has potential to right the wrongs of the sequel trilogy, I need to give it a shot. If she's willing to come back, she seemed like she was excited to do it. Now, again, this has this is, this is just like announced, but no dates, nothing. So this, all these potential films that I have talked about have a really high potential of falling out. Now, we've, we've seen this happen many, many times in the past with Star Wars under Kathleen Kennedy. Seems like a regular occurrence. Just happens far more than it should. I should not be giving them a chance. I really shouldn't be. Why should I? After their track record of shit that's fallen through and just has been dead in the water, why should I give them a chance? Because I'm stupid. Because I feel like I'm this dumb that I'm going to give him a chance. But it's not going to be a exciting chance. I'm not going to be excited for anything, any of these. Full. I'm not going to be fully excited for any of these until I actually sit down and see it. I'm going to be optimistic. I'm going to be intrigued. But I'm not going to be excited. That's how I'm going to go about this. Intrigued, optimistic, but not excited. One bit. And hopefully that pays off in the end. Hopefully I don't get burned. I don't get let let down, potentially let down. I think that's a good approach. I won't be excited at all, but I'll be optimistic and intrigued and interested To see what they put out. But I will not be excited at all. 
because again, none of these things could happen. None of them, none of them could happen at all. Knowing this track record with this studio, nah, I don't, I don't buy it yet. I, 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 I see what you're putting out, but I can't believe any of it. But that's for one thing. That's for sure. I don't believe any of this will happen. I'll be a little optimistic and a little intrigued, but I'm not going to be. I, I don't firmly believe that it will happen. It sounds cool. Some of it sounds pretty cool, but I don't know if any of this is going to happen. I'll be honest. Um, God, doesn't that suck though? Doesn't that suck that I can't like? I'm so in distrust with this woman and this studio's, you know, track record of not putting out shit and not making any cool shit that I I legitimately legitimately cannot take what you say as truth. Even though you've announced the people who are going to create these things on a stage in full in front of an audience. I can't actually believe you. Isn't that sad? That I actually don't believe them. Um Hopefully it all shapes up. Hopefully it all kind of happens. That would be nice. You know, I've heard nothing about since the no news on like Ryan Johnson's trilogy. No news on Taika Waititi Star Wars movie. None of that was even mentioned. So I'm thinking <laughs> this might. <laughs> The more I think about it, the more I think that's not going to happen. And maybe that's just the way it goes. Maybe this franchise is so is so like stupidly complicated that no one can nail it, or no one wants to nail anything. No one wants to make anything cool. I'll be honest, man. The coolest thing that that came out was the James Mangold stuff. That was like the coolest shit. Ray Skywalker, okay. Mandalorian movie, okay. Nothing new. Nothing new. That's also something that I've taken away from this announcement. Nothing really new. Shame. All these creators and Imagineers and nothing new. Oh well. Oh well. I mean the good, the positive thing was that I also saw from this whole event was Kathleen Kennedy wasn't fully confirming that Rogue Squadron is dead, which is a a nice thing to hear from an for, for a person that is a fan of aviation and X-wings that that could be pretty tight. Star Wars is like Top Gun Maverick. That could be pretty sick. Will it happen? Maybe not in my lifetime. Maybe when I'm dead and gone, possibly. But who knows? I'll bet money that not even Kathleen Kennedy knows. But that's just the current state of this company and that franchise. Moving on, though. Moving on. What you all been waiting for? What you have all been waiting for. The Super Mario Bros. movie review. I actually got a chance to see it this past weekend in a theater packed with a lot of people. 
And I have to report to you, first and foremost, that the theater experience was actually pretty good. After seeing Sonic the Hedgehog 2, I swore off seeing any type of movie aimed at children, even though I kind of have a little bit of a fan base towards these IPs like Sonic and like Mario. I like Sonic and I like Mario. They're going to make a movie. I want to see it. But it's a kid's movie. I'm. You have to be like, okay, I need to go when it's either very, very late or very, very early so I can have the best experience I could possibly have. Because I remember when I saw Sonic 2. Fucking kids were talking every fucking second of the movie. I could barely concentrate. One of the worst experiences of my life in a theater. One of the worst. This one went like in the afternoon, like a 4.50 showing. Was expecting the worst. Actually got a pretty decent experience, so thank the heavens that God gave me, you know, a break at that moment. Thank God. But anyways, to the film, to the movie review of the Super Mario Brothers movie. Was it good? Was it bad? You know, going into this, I was very optimistic, and I remember last week's episode, I was reading some very mixed critic reviews. I forgot to mention, I think, that they were critics, because this movie was fun. This movie was a lot of, lot of, lot of fun. Now, of course, it's not great. It's not like a a crowning achievement in animated cinema. It's not Toy Story. It's not Spider-Verse. It's not um, Inside Out, right? It's it's the Super Mario Brothers movie made by Illumination and Nintendo. The Illumination, you got to remember, makes Despicable Me and Minions. So I naturally thought that it might kind of be in the vein of Despicable Me slash Minions. I don't really remember much of Despicable Me. I do remember Minions, but it wasn't totally like that. It definitely did feel like it belonged in the world of Mario. And it was very fun. It's a very fun movie. I think that it is kind of a little too fast. In a lot of parts, the movie is only an hour and a half long, which is, you know, perfect for taking the family, right? Young kids are going to be able to attain it pretty well you get in you get out you go home you know you can put a lot of showings in the theaters it's only an hour and a half long you have multiple showings in multiple theaters you know quick showings in and out get the new guys in let's go start it up again um but very fun movie very fun vibe it's always nice to see how beautiful the nintendo universe like Mario, Donkey Kong, Bowser, all lend itself so well to the animation style of Illumination. It was beautiful to see. The Mushroom Kingdom, the characters being animated so well into that world, into this, you know, using the anim- uh, Illumination animation. It was beautiful. It looks so, you couldn't pick a better studio to animate Mario and Nintendo. I mean, like, 
the Goombas, the Koopas, the Shy Guys, everybody looks so good. It's like, oh, this is amazing. It looks great. From the blocks to the stars, the coins, the shells, the toe, everything just looked amazing. You know, perfect. Um, from start to finish, you know, before we get to the Mushroom Kingdom, and then when we're in the Mushroom Kingdom, it looks amazing. It's great to see. It's a great eye-pleasing film. Some couple standouts in the film that I thought that were very good. First of all, Chris Pratt as Mario is solid, is good. Like, you probably couldn't play Mario in an animated movie with a story where he has to actually talk in sentences better than Chris Pratt. I know a lot of people are like, why don't they just get the guy who voices Mario to, to do Mario? Why do they have him sound like Mario more? Have you played Mario? Mario doesn't really speak full sentences. He, like, says, let's a go, Yahoo, wah, oh, no. That's it. He doesn't, like, speak complete sentences. Could you imagine if if he had, it's a me, speak full sentences throughout the film? You would hate it. You probably would not want to watch the film. Or if you had Luigi say sound exactly like Luigi in speaking full sentences of dialogue, it would not be good. It'd be terrible. But everybody did very good. Some of the standouts were, for me, obviously Chris Pratt was very good as Mario. He does have a Mario voice in the film, and it's actually pretty damn good. Like There's parts where he, he, he really channels his... His Mario, you know, saying Wahoo and shit, and he does it very well. There's probably like a one part in the film, and it's like in the beginning, where he really goes for it, and I gotta say, he does really good. He does it really, really good. And he did well. Charlie Day, who I don't really care for, is actually awesome as Luigi. Just the way he kind of like voices him. And kind of has like a full grasp of like the character of Luigi. Like, he does a very good job. Anya Taylor Joy is very solid as Princess Peach. Um, Keegan Michael Key as Toad is great, it's fantastic. Um, Jack Black, I think, steals the show as Bowser. Like, he makes Bowser a comedic, simpy. Him and his little henchman, Kamek, like the little wizard guy. Oh, beautiful together. Beautiful, 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 like, comedy right there. Beautiful, like, Illumination, you did well on that. That was fantastic. Um, and I gotta admit, I have to say this. I was not, I, I, I don't like Seth Rogen's voice. I really don't. I, I, I'm not a fan of it. I, 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 I tend to not watch... A lot of Seth Rogen because of his voice and because of his laugh. I just find it annoying. The dude killed it as Donkey Kong. It worked. It works so well. His voice as Donkey Kong is almost as good as Jack Black as Bowser. Like, it is... 
it just works. It it really does. His voice as Donkey Kong was freaking great. I have to admit, I have to admit. And there's one part where he lets out a full Seth Rogen laugh. It was kind of perfect. It just made total sense. I was like, wow. They they knew what they were doing there. They got it right. As far as the actual story, it's pretty simple. I'm not going to spoil it, but it's very simple. It's almost a little too simple, but so are the Mario games. Like The Mario games are just like, save Peach, that's it. Defeat Bowser, that's it. That's essentially the same thing as this film. It's 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 like watching a Mario game. Um, it, it 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 was good. It was a really good movie. Not like the most like memorable story beats or emotional beats, but it definitely is a fun ass time at the theater. And you should probably go check it out because it's Mario, dude. It's so much. It's just fun. Um, but I'm gonna give this movie. A 7.8 out of 10. Again, I could have dealt with actually it being a little bit longer. Uh, I, I Honestly, I think if you maybe make it like an hour 40, even that, hour 45, it would actually make it a little bit better. Like there's just some points in the, in the movie where they just go so fast. And maybe if you let that marinate a little bit in some story beats and in some like character developing beats it would be a much better overall film but still entertaining as shit like so much fun so cool great cast great animation it's killing at the box office man it's got like i checked it earlier today it was like at 420 million dollars like definitely like the fastest and maybe might be the biggest like grossing animated movie ever Honestly, it definitely has legs. Like, like you ain't gonna see an animated movie like this make that much money. Well, maybe Spider Verse, but like, I don't know if Spider Man could beat Mario. I'll be honest. Um, but great movie, awesome, awesome movie, awesome movie. Um, a lot of fun. Check it out if you haven't. Super Mario Brothers movie, seven point eight out of ten. And that's going to do it for me today, people. Thank you for listening and thank you for watching. Remember, you can find each episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube at Intelligent Moron with Alex Silva. This episode, or this podcast, uh, rather, drops every Thursday morning. Make sure to like, subscribe, rate, review, do all that good stuff. And yeah, thank you for listening and thank you for watching. And I will see you guys next week.